0: Welcome to the 40 Under 40 Podcast with your hosts, Caitlin Cromit and AJ McQuarrie. They are two entrepreneurs who speak to other entrepreneurs under the age of 40 so you can learn from their successes and failures along their journeys of building businesses. 40 Under 40 Podcast hopes to educate, motivate, and inspire people to pursue their dreams of starting a business regardless of age. And now, here are your hosts, Caitlin and AJ. Welcome back.
1: Hey! hey.
0: I, I never do the welcome. This is exciting. I know.
1: It's always my annoying radio announcer voice
2: <laughs> that no, I
1: try so no. hard. <laughs> well, Caitlin, we have an no. awesome guest. It's she's so relevant to oh our listeners. So I don't even think we have to do a whole little intro. <laughs>
0: no, I personally can't wait to meet her. She's, so her name's Bree Seeley. She's the entrepreneur coach. She helps entrepreneurs create long-term sustainable and scalable success on their terms. She distills 14 years of real world experience into digestible, tangible tools to help entrepreneurs thrive and profit. It's also worth noting. She's number one, top ranked entrepreneur coach on Google, Yes,
1: which which we have to talk to her about.
0: And she's just been featured on tons of awesome press outlets and everything. So let's bring
2: her on.
1: All right. Well, Brie, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on.
2: Thank you for having me. I've Loved connecting a few months ago, and I'm just super excited to chat.
1: Yeah, I, I, me too. So so why don't you just let's, let's get started with the basics here. Tell us how you got started as an entrepreneur. Were you always an entrepreneur? Is that something you developed into?
2: I mean, I think I was always an entrepreneur, but I definitely had a point where I was like, I am never doing that. <laughs> uh, and then I did it anyways. I grew like- up, my mom was very entrepreneurial. And so I kind of grew up. she was a single mom. I grew up going to work with her, would help her, you know, close out cash registers at the end of the night, train her employees. Then when she bought her own business, I basically would, you know, help run it, all that stuff. So at the age of 15, I was pretty much running a business, um, in the summers and things like that. And I went to college. I got two degrees in fashion design, came back to the States, got a day job and decided to just kind of like start, you know, just a little side thing. I didn't want to be an entrepreneur, but I'm just going to start this little side fashion business. Over the course of eight years, it grew from like little one-off bridesmaids dresses to, uh, you know, full collections being sold on zappos.com, on the cover of apparel news and like wow. all these like big things, dressing Tony Braxton, like all this stuff. Hey. Um, so total accidental entrepreneur and I was really just following my passion and my bliss. And then- fashion stopped being blissful for me. And I was depressed. I was in the fetal position crying a lot. I was just very, um, upset and having anxiety attacks. And so I was in meditation one day and I'd kind of been praying like, what, how do I fix this? What's next? And I heard a very clear message in meditation. Fashion, isn't it? Shut it down. Walk away. Wow. So, you like, heard that. So, seventy-two hours later, I closed my business. Oh my and
0: gosh! Oh my! Wow. Chills.
2: I have chills. I was like, game on, universe. Like, you want me to close my business? Cool. What's next? And. Over a course of, I had hired a business coach, and then was like going through old emails and just like all sorts of things, and realized that people had been asking me to help them with their businesses and start their businesses for years, and I'd just been like, "Nope, I don't do that. I'm a fashion designer. Go to someone else." So in 2015, I started my coaching business, and within I was like nine or ten months, I had a six-figure business, and it's just, oh my gosh, it, it just has been good. And I've run this business in four different States now. And it's basically, you know, my office is my laptop and I get to travel as I want and serve people and help people that's start dream. and grow businesses. And that's working. amazing. Wow. Okay. Well,
0: I have so many questions. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> that's um, good. You know,
0: I don't even know where to start. Good God. That is amazing. I, I literally had chills all over my body when you said that. What was that like? Like the first thing that comes to mind is like, okay, you shut down your business within 72 hours of feeling that way of hearing that message. How did you do that? Wasn't that scary? Like to not have something to fall back on, not even an idea of
2: really where you were headed. So I think part of it for me was that I knew that I had been unhappy and upset and feeling so much discomfort for so long that instead of seeing it as something that was scary, I saw it as more of a relief. And so like, and I find this a lot with a lot of my clients is that like, they've had this whisper forever to like quit their job and start a business or grow their business or pivot their business or whatever that change is for them. And a lot of times we don't listen to it, right? I had probably had a lot of whispers come my way about walking away from fashion. And I was just like, no, 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 but I'm a fashion designer. And so I found that because I had been in so much discomfort for so long, that saying yes to that felt like a weight off my body Mm. and just like such a relief which I know is what a lot of people feel too when they finally say yes to entrepreneurship and they've been in like a terrible corporate job for a long time or whatever, right? So for me, it was just, it was more of like giving myself permission to trust that how I had been feeling wasn't Mm -hmm. right and it wasn't everything and that there was more available to me. Um, And then just trusting that by opening up that space and by following the, kind of, I don't know, orders or instructions or, you know, guidance from the universe that I would be provided for. And I mean, it's amazing how much I struggled in my fashion business and how quickly my coaching business fell together. Um, I think kind of because I was willing to say yes to it.
0: Wow. That takes a lot of just like self-awareness to be able to recognize that in yourself and not just like push it away and ignore it.
1: And a lot of guts. Yeah. That's not easy to do. So tell us about your current business and your current business model.
2: So right now I kind of help two different stages of entrepreneurs. The first one is brand new entrepreneurs who, like I said, maybe either just know that they want to be an entrepreneur and they just don't know what that looks like yet or how to move forward in figuring that out. Or they have an idea for a business and they just simply don't know how to start it or build it. So I help them really get the foundational elements set up in terms of like, what, your, what is your business structure? What are your revenue streams? Essentially, we write an entire business plan over the course of six months, but we also do personal development during that six months as well, because you cannot be the same person you've been Uh, If you want to be a successful business owner, you you have to transform in order to build a successful business. Mm -hmm. The other people I serve are established entrepreneurs who are really looking to kind of take their business to the next level, whether that's a new revenue stream, a new marketing channel, um, you know, kind of whatever that looks like. I help them essentially double or triple their operations through, um, you know, some sort of growth or expansion strategy. Wow. And so
0: doing all of this, obviously you have clients, you're, you're helping them a lot. You're coaching, consulting with them. Do you have a team of people that you work with or is it just you? How do, How does that look?
2: Yeah. I've scaled back my team a little bit, um, over the last two years, but I definitely have an assistant who, <laughs> helps with so many things, Um, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, that you need to be focused on kind of like the revenue generating things and Mm -hmm. the like service elements. So for me, any of the little kind of minutiae that just isn't revenue generating or takes me away from revenue generating or impact type activities has to be outsourced. So, um, I have my assistant whom I love. She is amazing and incredible. And she does so many things to help me keep going. Um, I also have a publicist and then I also have an assistant coach who, uh, helps out with m- running and managing my early stage entrepreneur program.
0: Wow. Okay. And so this is your business model. You have clients come in, get into more detail about that. Cause I think For people who have never had maybe a business like this, like a coaching or consulting, how does that work? How do you get clients? How do you make money off of them? And then how long is that relationship lasting?
2: So my, my early stage entrepreneur program is six months long. And the way that I've structured it out is the curriculum in that program. I have essentially, I launched it like four years ago. So there's an actual curriculum of modules, of trainings, of steps, of worksheets, of activities, of things that nice. they need to go through and do in order to launch a successful business. So there's that element to it. And then there's also an online community element where if people have questions at any point in their journey, they post it on the community. And then they also there's also three group coaching calls a month. So they get to ask questions, nice. they get direct feedback, they get support, encouragement, whatever that looks like. And then the other program for the established entrepreneurs is three months long. And similar thing, there's no curriculum in that one, because once you get to that stage, everything's so custom right. to the specific entrepreneurs. So that program starts off with a one-on-one strategy session with me to figure out what is that next step? What do your next 90 days look like? What are you focused on? What are your actions for the next month, the next week, all of that stuff. And then there's bi-weekly coaching calls, group coaching calls with that one and bi-weekly action sessions with that one. And so- mm-hmm. Mine, I'm a Taurus and so I'm very grounded, very stable. And so a lot of my programs are very like structured out. Um, I don't want someone to ever wonder, you know, what, what am I getting supported with or how am I getting supported? I want to make sure that people come into this feeling, um, very clear on exactly what I'm going to deliver and how I'm going to deliver what how they need to show up all of that stuff is like very clearly outlined before anyone says yes to working with me
1: it sounds like accountability is a huge part of your program and i think we all need that a little bit
2: absolutely because our i just put this in a podcast episode for my podcast our brains will always talk us out of change no matter what our brain's job is literally oh, like keep us safe mm-hmm. so If you're looking at doing something big and scary, like we just talked about, you know, shutting down an old business, starting a new business, leaving your job, whatever that looks like, your brain is immediately going to start talking you out of it. So you have to let that vision that you want be bigger than the chatter that your brain is telling yourself. And often the way you do that is by bringing someone else onto your team with you by your side to hold your hand and be like, hey, you're not showing up in the way that you said you were going to show up you didn't show up to the call prepared today. Like what's available to you? What are you choosing that's not in alignment with what that vision is? And, or like celebrating, like, Hey, one of my clients just launched a group coaching program this week randomly, and it's already half full. Right. So like being able to also celebrate people and honor Mm -hmm. and acknowledge when they are in integrity with what they say that they want to build. I love this. Yeah. I feel like We need
1: this, AJ. We all need We need you (laughs) in our lives. How do we join? No. Uh, (laughs) So you are the number one uh, or you're the top in the top search result when you type in the entrepreneur coach. How the heck did you pull that off?
2: So the short answer is search engine optimization and also a lot of time. (laughs) So my URL is my name, briseelee.com. And with that, I've had, that's the same URL I had when I also had my fashion business. So the, my name and the word entrepreneur have been linked on the internet for at least 15 years. Well, then I pivot that website into being a coaching website. And so like the word entrepreneur is already tied with my name. Well, then I add in the word coach for the last seven years, well, seven years now I became... I've been number one on Google for the last two years. So essentially what happened was a friend called me and he was like, did you know that you organically rank on Google in like position 16 for entrepreneur coach? And I was like, no, what does that mean? And he's like, well, and he like sat down with me and was like, we need to move you from Squarespace to WordPress. We need to do this, 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 and this. I did all the things. And literally within a week I went from position 16 to position one.
1: You're like, why are you creeping on me, dude?
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's funny because I, 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 think back to this too. And I'm like, I don't even know how Todd would know that. Like what, I don't know what he was doing. He was stalking for. you. <laughs> Definitely. I'm going to send this episode to him and be like, Todd, we need answers. Todd. Yeah,
0: honestly.
2: <laughs> yeah. Todd's, Todd's going to be our next guest. We'll get into that.
0: <laughs> um, so what, can you give us some SEO tips for entrepreneurs, like starting from literally nothing you know, how do you even begin to build
2: your SEO and your ranking like you did? So the first thing you have to do is figure out what you want to rank for. Right. And so oftentimes I tell people, you need to know what your customer is searching for. So if I would say like, if your customer is in bed at 3am, stressed out, unable to sleep, they pull out their phone and they Google something, what are they Googling? Right. So the example I like to give is like, if you're a meditation teacher, The person at 3 a.m. that is stressed out and Googling at 3 a.m. isn't going to be Googling a meditation teacher. They're going to be Googling,
0: how do Mm -hmm. I get back to
2: sleep when I'm stressed out? How do I manage my anxiety? Right? Like things like that. So first off, first step, you need to know what people are searching for. So I also rank for things like how to start a business or how to grow a business Mm. or, you know like female entrepreneur code like there's other things that i rank for as well right so you you need to know what people are searching for and then you need to start adding those keywords that people are searching for everywhere on your website it needs to be the title of the pages it needs to be in the meta description it mm-hmm. needs to be the um the title for every single image that you put on your website, it needs to be in the copy of your website. It needs to be hyperlinked and backlinked. Like there's a lot that goes into it. So tagging. Yeah. Yep. Alt tags on your, on your photos. Yeah. And, um, so if someone's looking to do it, honestly, WordPress is the best site to do SEO on. Um, You can also do it on Squarespace and Wix. It still works. It's just a lot harder. On WordPress, there's a plugin called Yoast and Yoast will literally tell you when every single page on your website is optimized to the exact keywords that you're looking to be ranking for. So nice. Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. That clears things up because I feel like, yeah, I've never
2: done anything like that. I don't know about you, AJ, but... That's like a super high level, like kindergarten, like it's like the basic, 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 basic. basic.
0: That's literally what we needed for people (laughs) that are like me and need that level. So I'm curious, like when you first started your business, I know you were 24 when you started your first business, how did you, how did you do that? Does it like Talk to us about both. And for this current business that you have now, like the startup costs of starting your own business, how do you sustain yourself? How do you survive on that as an entrepreneur without uh, knowing exactly what you're doing, I guess?
2: Yeah. So my first business, completely transparently, I had a day job while I was building that business. So that is how I survived. And my day job paid for me and it paid for my business. Also, when I started that business, I was basically only doing custom orders. So I would essentially only get paid when someone hired me, which was great. I wasn't doing a whole lot of marketing. It was all word of mouth. It was very, like I said, I didn't want to be an entrepreneur. And so I was just kind of taking what came my way, Mm -hmm. Um, which if that's the level of entrepreneurship that you want, great. That is definitely not what I did starting this business because in this business, I did not have a day job. And I basically use my retirement funds to fund the starting of this business. Wow. Oh, wow.
0: um,
2: yeah, another big, scary decision. But yeah. um, I talked to my financial planner at the time and she was like, you know what, Brie, you saved this money for your future. And the truth is you're using it for your future. It it's just looks, Good point. looks very differently than you thought it was gonna look. And I can 100% say that had I not done that, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you guys today. Now, I don't advise everyone to do that. That is not the best choice for everyone. It was Mm -hmm. the right choice for me. um, And it's gotten me very far and I'm very, very blessed because of it. Um, But also two things like when I had my fashion business, it's a product based business and it was very expensive. Once I decided to start doing collections and manufacturing product and things like that, it's a lot. And I went into a lot of debt with that business, this business. Pretty easy. Like, I have a laptop, I have a cell phone, (laughs) I have some technology things I have to to purchase every single month and pay for. I have some, you know, obviously assistance, that kind of stuff. Um, But the startup costs for a service based business are much, much, much lower. So, this is one of the things if someone's starting a business that we walk through is like, what's important to you about starting a business? Do you have funding where you can do product testing and you can do product development? Because you don't just, I, I have a skincare line that's thinking about working with me right now. You don't just wake up one day and have product to then be able to sell to people. You There's a huge product development mm-hmm. and testing right. process that goes along with all of that. So you need to know if you're starting a business, that it's a business that's going to be aligned with your values, what you want, who you are, th- there's so much that goes into picking the right kind of business. It's about more, it's way more than just having a good idea.
1: Totally. Absolutely. So you talked about growing very quickly in eight months or six months, six figures. Did you have to pump in a ton of money into ads or like, how did you get those initial clients?
2: So it was all organic. Um, essentially what I did, I was meditating one day. I'm, seriously, almost all of my good ideas come through meditation. That's. Oh my god,
1: I need to meditate. I
2: know (laughs) my book came to me through meditation as well, my first book. Like, so um, so I was meditating one day and was like, all right, what's the next step? Like, I'm starting to feel the discomfort again. Like, I know there's something coming for me. What's that next step? And I again was like this very clear like, post a five-day challenge. And I was like, Okay, cool, but like, what am I teaching? (laughs) And so I just put out this five-day challenge and started telling people about it and the back of my mind I was like okay if I get 30 people in this like that'll be good and it was free it was on Facebook um I had 1200 people sign up for it in like three days yeah yeah and so that's crazy I incentivized people and was like you know invite your friends have them join us like the person that invites the most people to join us I'll give you a free session like I just incentivized people to bring their people in Um, and so it was like friends of friends of friends of friends of friends friends and had 1200 people in a week. And then, um, I sold a, I think at that time, like $1,500 product at the end. Um, and I did 50 grand in sales and 90 days later, I was like, well, it worked. So like the hell I'll do it again. And so I did it again. Same thing. I think I doubled I think I got around like 2000 people then, like it grew from 1200 to 2000. Oh my God. Um, because then all these people had like gotten ridiculous results and were like, you know, oh my God, I manifested this. I've created that. I did the da 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 da. Um, and so I did it again and I made another 50 grand 90 days later. And so I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like, so I just leveraged. And, and that to say as well, right? Like i have been building my online presence for eight years. And so people that had been following me through my fashion business, my fashion journey, were still along on the ride with me. And so a lot of them ended up enrolling in the free course and that kind of stuff. And I was also running at the time a women's un networking group um, in Los Angeles. And so oh, cool. that was a source of, you know, clients and stuff like that as well. But I really have not done. I I've tried ads multiple times over the last seven years and every single time it's a huge waste of money and it always fails. So I'm a big fan of like, how can you do it without dumping a ton of money into advertising? Um, you know, how can you leverage what you currently have, where you've been, who, you know, the connections you already have, the relationships you've already built to help you take this next step. And I think that A lot of people don't like to hear it, but I'm always like your first customers are going to be people, you know? Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah.
2: Wow. That's amazing.
1: You talk a lot about uh, mindfulness, meditation, manifestation, like how can we be more mindful as entrepreneurs? Like what should we be doing every day to manifest what we want?
2: So one of my favorite activities, and actually this is exactly what I did, um, leading up to those, that hundred thousand dollar 90 days that I had, um, is, and I, I teach this a lot in my programs as well. This idea that like, when you want something like you need to program that destination in your GPS. So like I always talk about, if you pick up your phone and you say, Hey Siri, take me anywhere. Siri will pop up and say, well, where do you want to go? And I did this, I was living in Minneapolis a few years ago. I did this and I was like, take me anywhere, Siri. And Siri was like, there's this anywhere dog grooming company. Like, let's go there. And I commented back and I was like, Siri, I'm not a dog person. I'm a cat person. I don't want to go there. Take me anywhere. And then she just like shut down and was just like done. And so I'm like, (laughs) It's like, I give up up on you pretty much. Right. Like she didn't know what to do with me. So if you're waking up as an entrepreneur every day and you're like, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. Literally, the universe can't help you because if you've noticed, when you pull up your maps app and you put a destination in it, all of a sudden five different pathways pop up on the screen, and it's like, which right. direction do you want to go? So you, as Love an this analogy, yeah, as an entrepreneur, you have to wake up every day and you have to program your GPS. So the way that I recommend people do this is through visioning and visualization. Like you need to know where you're going. You need to constantly have that mindset, that vision in your heart, in your soul, in your purview. And then you get to start asking yourself like, okay, I programmed the GPS. What is one to, what are one to three steps I could take today to get closer to that vision? And so that's really, and I did this, I wrote myself out a vision December, like it was, I think it was Christmas day, December 25th, 2015. I wrote out a vision of exactly what I wanted my life to look like and how it felt and who was in it and like everything. And what I did was I actually recorded it on my phone. And so I had a voice memo of it and I would hit play every morning and I would listen to this vision and I would not just listen to it, but like feel it and see it and like delve into it. And I, at some point I stopped, I think I did it for maybe about four or five months. And at some point, like life happened and whatever, I just like got distracted. So that August, so the, the first launch I talked about happened in June, that August, I was getting ready to move into my dream apartment in downtown LA, like literally high ceilings, beautiful, like my entire wall in my living room was a window. It was Ooh, beautiful, right in the heart of downtown LA. I was so excited. And so it was the night before I took myself out for dinner because I didn't have any, like my place was in shambles. So I was like, I need to eat, brought my journal with me, opened it up. And I found the vision that I had written nine months prior and I read it. And I was like, this is my life. Like wow, the money I was making, the people that were in my life, the, um, there was one thing I, I, um, so I've been single for 12 years. And so I had put in there like, you know, my significant other or whatever. I was like, well, he didn't come, but whatever, it's fine. Like okay. I got I got the rest of it, <laughs> but like moving into my dream apartment that I had written about, you know, 9 months earlier, like literally everything. And so, I truly believe that the more that we can connect with that vision, the easier it becomes to then manifest it, right? Because that's where you're focused every single day so you know exactly where you're going. The path can be laid out for you. You can be clear on like what's the next aligned action for me? And you just get up every day and you you just keep moving towards that.
0: That's amazing. And what if you don't know where you want to go? Like if you're a budding entrepreneur, but you're like, I don't actually know what I want to do. Like I feel like a lot of people people feel that way. Struggle with that.
2: Yeah. So I'd say in my trainings, like there's general visioners and there's specific visioners. I always have tended to be a specific visioner. I always pretty much know what I want. Um, And then I have to backtrack into like, how does that feel? general visioners start with, how do I want to feel? And then as they're diving into that feeling, they're like, oh, this specific thing feels like I want to feel. So I'm going to do more of that, right? Mm -hmm. So as long as you know how you want to feel and maybe even like who you want to be surrounding yourself with, or if it's not, again, a specific person, the kinds of conversations you want to be having every day. Like I just had the most incredible coffee with like a fellow seven-figure entrepreneur, and I was like, "Can we do more of this again, please?" Because like this is what I've been calling in, and this was amazing. So if you know how it feels, and I could like feel the expansiveness of being in community with this person, yeah. And even I, I think I just manifested my man as well. Like let's be real, um, he's actually driving here right now. I just got off the phone with him.
0: Stop.
2: Um, and like I'm, I know it's crazy. I'm like, I know how I've known for many, it's not many, Todd. many years. What? It's not Todd. <laughs> who's to, Who's Todd? Oh, no, <laughs> no not, Todd. not the SEO guy. No, definitely not him. He's engaged to someone else. Um, but I've known for so long how it would feel to be with the person that I was going to be with that. I'm like, Oh, this feels like that. And we have communication. Like I knew I was going to have like, So the more that you can get clear and craft, like how it feels, what's important to you about it, and just focus on that. It doesn't have to be super specific. Believe me, there are things about him that I would have not put in my vision that I was like, oh my God, the universe has such a great sense of humor, such a great sense of
1: humor. (laughs) You have to be flexible, right?
2: It's true.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. So you really, you really center on how you feel versus like. If, if you don't have like this specific destination that you want to be, it's like, what makes you feel good? What makes you excited? Yeah. That's awesome. So I saw, in, this is kind of a random question, but I saw in your headshot that you submitted that you have a tattoo that says 1993. And I'm wondering what the significance of
2: that is. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I, so I left LA in 2018 and knew that I was moving to New York. Um, but I also knew that I wasn't going directly from LA to New York because I knew that I needed to spend some time with family. Um, my grandmother was getting older. Like I just, and I knew I had some personal work to do on myself before I got to New York. And so I went back to Minnesota, which is where I grew up, um, for a year. And while I was home, my sister and I are 10 years apart and we've always, we never really got each other fully because I moved out when she was seven. So we yeah. essentially both consider ourselves only children because essentially we both were only you had children. different childhoods yeah yeah so um she and I have just always kind of like we love each other but we always butt heads and we just don't understand each other and so while I was home mm. we had a, a we had like a fight or something and I was like listen here's the deal we can either continue down this pathway of like not having a relationship or we can go to couples counseling together and we can learn mm-hmm. who each other is and what each other needs and like how to communicate and support and love each other in the way that the other person needs. Right. So we went to therapy together and it was amazing. It revolutionized wow. our, oh my God, I our love that. entire relationship. And so right before I was getting ready to leave Minnesota and go to New York, she was like, we should get matching sister tattoos. And I was like, <laughs> we should get matching sister tattoos so mine says 93, which is her birth year. Um, and she has 1983 um, in her on her wrist in the exact same spot.
1: Wow. Um, I love
2: that. I'm like cool. trying to plan a
0: sister's trip with my sister. And like now, Lexi, if you're listening, we're getting tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I feel like that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's
2: really cool. We tried so to get then- my mom to get one too, but she was a hard pass. <laughs> <laughs>
1: understandably
2: yeah you tried
1: (laughs) so then you went to new york city and now you're in tulsa oklahoma tell us how that all went down
2: well i don't know if you guys know of this thing that happened um in the world called covid oh maybe i heard of her (laughs) uh so i am in manhattan and uh so I, i got to manhattan april of 2019 and was like, okay, this is all I've wanted my entire life. I'm here. My life can start. I'll be here for the rest of my life. This is great. Awesome. Love it. Um, And of course, nine or 10, 11 months later, the pandemic hits. So I'm locked in a box um, on an Island with an inability to get an Instacart delivery and just like, just all of this stuff. Right. And so I'm like, my mom calls me, this is another thing I was, I was, praying one day and was like, all right, I don't know what the next step is. My lease is up. I don't want to sign a new lease, but I also don't want to find a new place sight unseen. So like, I don't know what my options are mm-hmm. universe. Just like make it, make it obvious. I don't care what the, the next step is. Just make it obvious. Wow. And the next day, my mom called me and said all of our Airbnb reservations for the next four months have canceled. And I was wow. like, cool, I'm going to put all my stuff in storage uh, and I'm coming home for four months. And me and Kitty are going to live in the Airbnb, um, which is great. We'll be close enough that like I can use the parents' pool, but also like not living in the same space as them, right? Like (laughs) important things. Uh,
1: From a distance.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So um, I went back to Minnesota and right before I was leaving New York, a friend of mine sent me this uh, New York Times article about all these remote relocation things that were kind of like taking off around the country with the pandemic happening. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm going to apply to this one in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Do you think I should do it? And I was like, not only should you, like, can I as well? So I applied, it was like April 11th, I applied and I found out it was like May 15th. I think that I was a semi-finalist. Then about five weeks later, I flew to Tulsa, did the tour, saw the city for the first time, um, experienced the program and was like, I could live here for a year. Um, So found my apartment. Moved September 1st and was like, all right, I'm just going to be here for a year and then I'll go back to New York. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, I have changed so radically in the last year
0: that when,
2: yeah, I Tulsa has a way of slowing you down and I have, my priorities have shifted my, like, I am not the same woman that moved here 14 months ago.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah. and COVID has something to do with that. I'm sure.
2: I mean, basically I wouldn't have left New York if it weren't for COVID. There's right. no way in hell that I would have even considered leaving New York if it wasn't for COVID. So, um, you know, I, I've, I've had some like processing to do about leaving New York and like mitigating my expectations and like all of that stuff. I went back actually in September and just spent a full day in Bryant park, like crying and journaling. Um,
1: love Bryant park.
2: me too. It's so nice. And there's a sweet green right there. So I got my favorite Ah. salad. And there's a Chipotle. (laughs) So good. Um, So yeah. So if it weren't for COVID, I wouldn't have left. And I mean, honestly, I wouldn't have found out about Tulsa remote and being in Tulsa has completely changed my life. It's changed my business. I'm getting ready to open a second business with actually, um, I think a friend of mine here. Um, and yeah, it's, It's been a really, really, really good change and shift for me. And so I don't know if I'll ever go back to New York or LA or, and like, I don't know. Wow. That's really amazing. Wait, can
0: I just ask real quick, what exactly is this Tulsa room? Like you touched on it, but I don't fully understand what it is.
2: Yeah. So the whole premise is that it's a, it's essentially an economic and community development stimulus so okay. essentially they are, they pay, you, you have to apply. If you get accepted, um, they end up paying you $10,000 to relocate to Tulsa, um, but you have to be a remote worker. So the whole idea is that you bring your economics into the city, but that you don't take economics from the city. Oh my gosh. Right? Interesting.
1: That's smart.
2: So you can't come to Tulsa and get, and take a job because the jobs need to be for- Tulsans. So every single person coming in through Tulsa remote needs to have some sort of remote sort of job, whether you're an entrepreneur or just a remote worker, whatever that Mm -hmm. looks like. Um, So it's really cool. They, I think right now the Slack channel right now has around 1700 people in it. Not all of them have moved. Um, and some of them are significant others, uh, but they've been really increasing the rate at which they're moving people. And, Tulsa's actually like a ton of people were like, you're moving from Manhattan to Tulsa. What, like, what are you on? Did you hit your head? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And it's actually a really, really cool city. Um, I've kind of fallen in love with it. Another friend of mine from New York also moved here, my best friend. Um, And she's totally drank the Kool-Aid and she's like, I'm never leaving. That's amazing. Yeah. So
1: Wow. That's so cool. Okay. So shifting gears, uh, you're an entrepreneur coach. There are a lot of coaches out there in general. What differentiates your approach from others?
2: So I think one of the biggest things that really differentiates me, it's a a lot of coaches in the marketplace will say like, this is the way to success. And they say like, you just follow my five steps and you're going to be successful too. I look at humans and business from a more holistic perspective and understand that there is not one way to success in like in any field in anything anywhere at all. I I consider every single human has a different thumbprint. Every single one of us is unique. Every single one of us is one of a kind. So to try and fit every single human and every single entrepreneur into these boxes to say there's only one way to success is just, I think, lazy and short-sighted. So I treat every entrepreneur, every business as if it's the only one like it. And so I teach a lot of frameworks. And then from that framework, we have to then just figure out like, okay, how is this framework going to fit you? It's like when you go shopping, I've had, I have so many people say like, oh, you are in fashion. I can never find anything to fit me. Help me go shopping. And I'm like, the sizes on the rack are not meant to fit everybody. Mm-hmm. You have to then take that garment that you've just gotten that framework and take it to a tailor. I have to do the exact same thing and get it custom fit to you. So that's kind of how yeah. I run my business as well. Is like let's look at the framework, let's get the framework and then how do we take that framework and custom fit it to fit you, your vision, your I values. Love this.
0: I love yeah. that you brought in your fashion analogy and background too. Basically.
1: I love your analogies in general.
2: I know. They're so good. I'm like I'm a visual them. person. So I always need to, like, it's just so helpful for me even to explain it that way, but yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So as you're working with entrepreneurs of all levels, what would you say? Well, number one, I'm curious what you think from your experience, the most common struggle is that they deal with? And then also what has been some of your struggles? Like, are those aligned? Have you experienced
2: a lot of the same struggles or, you
0: know, where, where is that difference?
2: I mean, I think the biggest challenge for entrepreneurs in general is just like, you don't know what you don't know. And a lot of entrepreneurs are also very stubborn, myself included, Uh, So I struggled a lot in my fashion business because I didn't want to do it the way that everyone else was doing it. But I also wasn't willing to like get the help that I needed to figure out what my path looked like. And so I had a ton of trial and error, very costly mistakes, very Mm -hmm. time intensive mistakes. And so I see this a lot with other entrepreneurs as well. I actually had a graduate last year say, I'm so glad that I invested with you because You know, if I hadn't, if I hadn't invested with you, I would still be Googling how to start a business rather than successfully running a business. And I find that a lot, like we all have access to a lot of information online. We can Google anything we want. Yeah. The problem becomes anyone with a keyboard and a Squarespace account can give you advice on running a business, not necessarily because they're qualified to, but because they can. Right. And then also a lot of people only give half truths online because then they want you to purchase from them, right? So exactly. There's something that happens when you really commit to like getting help that can drastically cut down on your Googling time. You can then spend the Googling time actually doing revenue generating activities and bringing money into your business instead of actually figuring things out. And it's true for new entrepreneurs or if you're scaling. Um, And then again, people get stuck in the like, oh, well, so-and-so told me that if I just do these five things, I'll be successful. And then they don't be, then they aren't successful with them. And then they go into the spiral of, well, what's wrong with me? Because I did all the things I was told to do and it didn't produce the results I wanted. So I think, you know, and not to, I, yes, I, I do coach people, but also I hire coaches beca- and I hire experts because I can't possibly know everything. Mm-hmm. And so I really encourage other people to do it as well. Even though it's going to quote unquote cost you money up front, will actually end up costing you more money if you don't do it totally so true yeah I mean yeah
0: I just couldn't anymore <laughs> anyways wants to hire done, you. <laughs> I'm over here texting AJ I'm
2: like I wonder if I can hire her. <laughs> you you have my number call me um <laughs> but I've actually done the math on it and I essentially like assuming someone is charging a hundred dollars an hour and maybe they're spending 20 hours a week figuring it out that's costing them $96,000 a year. Oh God. Yeah. So we don't
1: break it down like that, but we should
2: mm -mm, like if you were to invest, you know, the couple grand or whatever to get help, you can then free yourself up to be able to create that $96,000. And that's just part-time, right? If you want to be full-time, it's more instead of, losing out on that money because you're unwilling to actually get someone to step in and help you. Oh my God. (laughs) You're having so many revelations. Like I literally waste so much time. Anyway, it's gone. I mean, we all do to a certain point. I just hired a new marketing company as well. In fact, my marketing plan is like literally right behind my Zoom screen waiting for me to like review it. That's (laughs) awesome. Exciting. It's so exciting.
1: So, besides getting a coach and getting help, what some other advice or tips you have for entrepreneurs just starting out?
2: Get into a community of fellow entrepreneurs, and and this is not even just for people starting out. This is for everyone. Like I said, that that coffee I had today for me was so helpful because I was like, oh, being aligned with someone else that is where I am, that gets me, that I can talk to, like. I just there's a lot of people in my life I just can't talk to about business stuff because they just don't get it. And even though you know my mom was an entrepreneur, as she was she ran a, a candy store in a small town in Minnesota, right? Like she doesn't understand the idea of running, you know, a, a multi-six figure or seven-figure online business. Yeah. So you just you have to surround yourself with people that understand where you are. Because if you're going to people and talking to people, and I made this mistake for years, I would go to my parents and talk to them about the struggles I was having. Their response was always, well, you should go get a job.
0: Oh and God, I finally had to same. say to
2: them, like, that is just not a solution. Like, that is not, that's, that's like not helpful. And it's like <laughs> walking backwards in time. I'm not going that way. I'm going this way. Like, I need to keep walking yeah. forward. Eyes forward. And so if you're constantly having to defend your vision or what you want or where you're going or fight against these people in your life that just don't understand it, you're going to be wasting so much energy and time. And so you just, you have to be in a community of people that get you, that you can go to and share your struggles and have them be like, I see you, I understand you, I support you. And how are we going to move forward from this?
0: Oh my God. Love
1: that.
2: Yeah. It's like,
0: too much for me right now. All these revelations. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! I need a it. community. <laughs> um, okay, so we unfortunately are, are really running out of time here, even though we could go on for hours. Um, so this is a question we always ask our guests: What do you? What is your opinion on whether entrepreneurs are born
2: or bred? Can you be created an entrepreneur? Or are you born that way? That is a good question. And I think depending on the day, I might answer it differently. I truly believe that everyone has the opportunity to build a successful business. Like, and that's part of why I teach people, Like, this is exactly what you need, not just on a business level, but also on a personal level. Like, Let's talk about your time management. Let's talk about your mindset. Let's talk about your vision. Let's talk about your values. So I believe that with the right tools and the right guidance, Anyone can run a successful business. There is also though, this kind of like motivation factor that comes with entrepreneurship that I do think some people don't necessarily have, or or maybe they have, and they don't want to access it. Mm -hmm. I think maybe it's more that I think we're all born with the opportunity, but I don't think we all access it. So there is that, like that spark, that like thing that's going to get you out of bed every day. And even on the hard days, be willing to keep going that not everyone is able to access fully. Right. That's a beautiful, well yeah, way to say that.
1: I agree with you.
2: But I also think too, like through practice, that's something that can be cultivated. Yeah. You know, Like not all of us are born Olympic athletes, but people train for that shit. Or it, like there's ways to cultivate stuff within you if you're really committed and you're really dedicated and you want it badly enough, there's ways to learn and retrain your brain to support you and showing up in the ways that you want to in, in the world.
1: Um, we don't swear on this podcast. I'm just kidding. I should have <laughs> we totally you. do. do you? No, we, we totally do. Yeah. I've held
2: back a few times cause I forgot to ask. And then I actually I <laughs> let that one slip out. Sorry. Oh
1: <laughs> sorry. No, you're awesome. I love those answers. Okay. Well, I hope you come on again because we have so many more questions. I'm like, uh, yeah,
2: I'm sorry. I'm like sweating. Anytime. <laughs> anytime this was great. Where
1: can, where can people find you?
2: Uh, the best two places are my website, obviously, which is my name, briseeley.com. Um, and then Instagram is probably my favorite place to hang out. Um, which is also my name, breeceely. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, please also DM me. Um, not you two, I know who you two are, but if listeners are I'm like following- DMing you right now, listeners are following and please DM me. I like to not like, I like to have conversations with people. I don't just want to amass like all these people that I don't know. Like, tell me, tell me what you learned from this episode. Tell me what Mm -hmm. your biggest struggle is. Tell me how I can help you. Like, let's have a conversation. I love that. Well, Brie, thank you so much
0: to say this has been a revelationary. Is that a word? (laughs) Revelationary? (laughs) It is now. It is now. now it is <laughs> episode. Uh, at least for me, it would be an understatement. So we appreciate you and your time, and I think you had a lot of great pockets of wisdom here.
1: And Caitlin <laughs> will definitely be in touch. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: wow, way to be subtle, Aj. She says.
2: <laughs> I'll, send you, I'll send you my phone number on on Instagram, Caitlin. Um, yeah, no, thank you. This was great. I love your guys' energy, and this was just like super fun. Thank awesome. you so cool. much. Yeah, thank you so
0: much. Bye, Bree. Okay. Well, I'm obsessed. <laughs> I don't know if that was, that was clear, but dang, she's awesome. I know. You should,
1: uh, I mean, I should too. We should really look into hiring her. I want to look sure into her enough. programs. I'm serious.
0: I'm like super inspired right now. I hope we can bring her back for round two.
1: I know. She said anytime, but maybe yeah. she was being
0: nice maybe well let that one percolate folks yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah
0: and yeah really absorb some of that until next time
1: see you next week
0: thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the 40 under 40 podcast with caitlin cromit and aj MacQuarie. if you're enjoying the show please feel free to rate subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts we really appreciate that effort and we'll catch you in the next episode